This podcast is brought to you by the Empower Her program, a 12-week gut and hormone restoration program. If you are suffering from chronic digestive and menstrual cycle issues, this may be the program for you. Go to www.sophieandkyleen.com forward slash empower her to join the waitlist. Welcome to the She Talks Health Podcast, your source for information about all things women's hormonal health. I'm your host, Sophie Shepard. I'm the founder of She Talks Health and the co-creator of the 12-week Empower Her group gut and hormone program. I'm a certified functional health coach and a holistic menstrual health educator. This podcast was created to give you clarity about how to take control over your hormonal health using safer, natural options. I created this podcast to cover the widespread and complex health issues plaguing women today. From the rise of infertility to the epidemically high numbers of women with autoimmune disease to menstrual cycle problems, digestive issues, anxiety, weight gain, food sensitivities, mental, emotional, and energetic imbalances, and so much more. If there's a topic that you need answered, I encourage you to write us at podcast at shetalkshealth.com and we will try our absolute best to cover that subject. My greatest mission in life is to help women radically change their health and their lives by teaching them how they can use their hormones as their superpowers. So with that in mind, I hope you enjoy today's episode. Welcome back to the She Talks Health Show. This is Sophie Shepard, your host. I am super excited for today's episode. We're going to be talking about recurrent miscarriage and fertility solved with Dr. Ruberu. And she is a board certified OBGYN. She is the third to be on this show, which I just absolutely love because we need our doctors in our corner. And um, she has actually gotten her postdoctoral training as a NAPRO technology medical consultant, something we've mentioned on the show before, but I I don't think we've actually had a NAPRO doctor on the show, so it's going to be great to talk about that. And she specializes in women's health and is passionate about bringing light to the root cause of women's health issues just like me. So it's like she's in the perfect place. Um, So we are going to talk about um, why all these miscarriages are happening. We're hearing a lot of crazy statistics these days about the number of miscarriages, what what is happening, what's causing it, um, how NAPRO might fit in, and some other really fun things like we're going to talk about progesterone, we're going to talk about thyroid, and we're just going to talk about some things that women um, and couples can consider when they're trying to conceive. So welcome to the show, Dr. Monique Ruberu. Thank you so much. I am so excited to be here with you. Such a great opportunity to talk to your audience and spread the word about NAPRO technology. Yes, I love it. So how did you get into, well, you're a board certified OBGYN and a NAPRO doctor. So how did you get into the, I guess, both or the second part, if you want to speak into that? Yeah, absolutely. So I always kind of knew I wanted to be an OBGYN physician. I trained initially, did a year of family medicine, and then I switched out and I started over as an OBGYN and just always loved women's health and delivering babies, taking care of women, pregnancy. I thought that was the most amazing, beautiful thing. And um, what I really didn't enjoy 
while I was going through residency and while I was working as a typical gynecologist was the use of contraceptives. I never really wanted to use them myself and I didn't really enjoy writing them for my patients. And I always kind of felt like it was just a band-aid that we were kind of covering up the underlying issues. But unfortunately, during residency training, we aren't trained on how to look for those underlying hormonal issues. And so I really didn't know how to address them. But I was really, really blessed. And I encountered somebody who gave me a book about NAPRO technology. And so when I read that book, I realized that there were other ways to address every single GYN issue, whether it be ovarian cysts, abnormal bleeding, PMS symptoms, postpartum depression, you name it. Like every GYN issue that women encounter, there is a way to address it outside of birth control pills. And so I jumped on board really quick. I um, looked at all the research that they had done and the duration of time that it had been around. And I was pretty easily convinced that that was the way I needed to go. Went for training to Nebraska. And uh, it was a really awesome time. Lots of like-minded people always kind of searching for similar ways of treating patients. And we all received this training together, and then I came back, and since that time, I've been practicing as an OBGYN who does not write for contraceptives, does not refer for IVF, and tries to address all of the underlying issues. And then kind of on top of that, even with NAPR technology, I kind of found that although we were finding the root causes of things, when we were giving back progesterone when it was needed and addressing thyroid issues... There was still another layer deeper to go, and I found that uh, the integrative doctors are really, and the Chinese herbalists are doing an amazing job in addressing like egg health issues and the use of supplements to help with promoting, you know, liver cleanse and the ability of your body to regenerate and function at its best. So it's been really fantastic being able to combine all of these things and constantly learning and talking to people and kind of uh, joining with others to try and find the best possible solutions for my patients. Yeah, thank you so much for explaining all the layers here and all the schooling that you went to and just kind of sounds like you're an avid learner and just trying to to really help women across the board. This is this is really cool. I think doctors who get involved in the holistic side of things are really changing the world because we need both and we need, you know, we need the knowledge and it's hard when you know, I hear from dozens of women on a weekly basis about their horror stories going to their OBGYN with their fertility issues or their PCOS or their endometriosis and just being basically handed the pill, like you mentioned, like as a, as a bandaid and they don't necessarily want to be on it. Um, but just because for personal preference or the way it makes them feel. And then there's there doesn't seem like there's any other option for them, which is, of course, not true. And I'm so glad we're going to talk about that today. And um, I actually just did like a whole workshop um, about all the different options for birth control, including um, natural fa family planning. So this is really perfect timing for us. And so let's, let, why don't we actually start with, I know we're going to talk about miscarriage specifically, but because you are um, a NAPRO technology medical consultant, I want to make sure people understand what that is before before we move past that part in your bio, because they may not have ever heard of NAPRO. Absolutely. So NAPRO technology is the use of Crichton Fertility Care Natural Family Planning Methods. And, you know, honestly, you can 
kind of utilize any fertility awareness-based method to as long as you have an understanding of where somebody is ovulating. But we prefer to use Crichton because Crichton allows us to really delve deep and really understand all of the possible biomarkers, such as your bleeding patterns, your mucus patterns, your length of cycle, all of those things. Crichton really is aiming to help you to really pinpoint what exactly is going on. So like a typical charting might say, okay, are you bleeding? Yes or no. Versus Crichton would be, okay, are you bleeding very heavy, heavy, moderate, light, or very light? And when you're bleeding very light, is it red spotting or is it brown spotting? Because everything means something. If you're having, you know, tail end brown bleeding at the end of your period, it could mean that you have low progesterone, or it could mean that you have a mild infection inside your uterus. If you have premenstrual spotting prior to your period, it could mean that you have endometriosis. So if you have mid-cycle spotting, it could mean that you have a polyp or you have lower levels of estrogen there as well. So there's, you know, all sorts of things that those little signs and symptoms that if you ignore them with other forms of charting, you're missing out on a part of the story. And then when it comes to even speaking about the mucus, mucus is the highway for the sperm. So when it comes to fertility, especially, it's so important to know the true quality of your mucus. How much are you having? How much does it stretch? Is it clear? Is it cloudy? Um, how many days of it do you have? How many times during the day do you have it? All of those things make a difference and you can actually quantify in a number to be able to say what your quality of mucus was in that particular cycle. So then you have an idea of what sort of interventions you can make in order to improve your mucus and improve the highway for the sperm. So little things like that make a huge, huge difference. So NAPR technology is the use of that sort of charting to be able to pinpoint when and if you are ovulating so that you can then focus your studies at the exact time that you need to draw studies, like blood work or ultrasounds, that sort of stuff, in order to get the answers that you really need. Because typically, if you go to a normal gynecologist who knows nothing about neighbor technology, they'll likely say, oh, you know, you want to check your hormone levels? Well, let's do a day 21 progesterone. And that's crazy because if somebody is ovulating on day 23, that progesterone is going to be nothing. But if somebody is ovulating on day 14, you might see something. But even still, your progesterone levels are going to be different on three days after ovulation versus five versus seven versus nine versus 11. So you need, in order to properly interpret a progesterone level, you need to have that understanding of exactly where your peak day is, where you're close to ovulation, and then you can interpret it properly. But if you don't have that information, if you're not charting, you don't have an understanding then you could be misinterpreting everything about all of your labs as well as your ultrasounds. Wow. So powerful. Thank you for actually really deeply explaining that. I think, you know, it's, it's interesting, right? Cause I was on birth control when I was 15. So you're really not taught. I certainly wasn't taught, um, anything about cervical mucus, basal body temperature, you know, writing down the quality of your blood or anything, you know, you're just kind of taught, oh, it's this thing we have to deal with every month and it's horrible and it's painful and you bleed and, um, for most women. Um, and so it becomes this thing that we, I think avoid <laughs> or we silence with the birth control pill. But what I love about NAPRO and, and, and Creighton and other, um, other fertility tracking is just how, 
amazing it is as a tool. I, I talk a lot about how women's hormones can be superpowers. If we know, if we're tracking and we know where we are in the month and what is estrogen doing? What is progesterone doing? How can we improve our ovulation? How can we improve our cycle? In, in the case of this, how can we get pregnant if that's what we want to do or not get pregnant <laughs> if that's what we want? This is incredible. And thanks for explaining how detailed this is and that there is Oh, thing you can do at home, right? With the the Crichton or a Crichton. I always say Crichton, but maybe it's Crichton. <laughs> um, model and then bring it to a doctor to to see what's going on. Sure. It's amazing. Yeah. So there, yeah, there are um, medical consultants like me who are actual physicians who would look over the charts. But there's also fertility care practitioners who teach you how to chart and would follow really closely with you to make sure you understand exactly how to chart. And they have a really, really in-depth understanding of exactly what everything on the chart means as well. So it's super, super helpful. So great. So, so, so great. Um, Well, now that we've covered NAPRO, let's move into the conversation around miscarriage because it seems to be very, very prevalent. I was just contacted by a former client of mine last week saying that she had had three miscarriages in 13 months and that um, she was reaching out because she really wanted some support. So do you have any like current statistics or kind of vague idea of how common miscarriages are? And then let's talk about what is causing all these miscarriages. Yeah. Unfortunately, miscarriage is very, very common, especially um, in women that have any sort of cycle irregularities, because oftentimes when women have cycle irregularities, it means that they likely have abnormalities in their hormonal function underneath those cycles. So likely an abnormality in their estrogen and progesterone. And if you don't have adequate amounts of progesterone, it's impossible to actually sustain a pregnancy. So that is like one of the many causes of miscarriage, but there are several. So it's really, really important to be working with somebody who has a really thorough understanding of all of the different, or at least the majority of the different causes of miscarriage. I don't think we'll ever know every single cause, but at least somebody who is willing to look and to really have you dive deep into the possible causes. So, you know, there are structural causes that you could have miscarriages with. Like if you have a uterus that has what's called a septum, like a a little piece of tissue that kind of comes down as a, a really thin wall in the uterus, that can cause issues with implantation. You can have issues with a polyp inside of your uterus. So those are the people that tend to have really high estrogen levels and they're overgrowing their inner lining of the uterus. And that polyp can increase the risk of miscarriage by about 30 to 40%. Um, and typically people won't find these polyps because when they're asking someone to check an ultrasound, they're not telling them you need to check your ultrasound on day five to seven of the cycle. And so they're not able to really make the difference between what would be a thickened lining and what wouldn't be a thickened lining. So if you check your ultrasound super early in the cycle, then at least you know that the lining shouldn't be more than seven millimeters. And if your lining is thicker than seven millimeters on day five to seven of the cycle, there's a good chance you have a polyp there, some sort of abnormal thickening in your lining. And so um, then another cause just structurally would be if you have fibroids on the inner lining of the uterus that are kind of pushing into that cavity, and that could cause an issue with implantation as well. You could also have infections on the inner lining of your uterus, and that shows up as the tail end brown bleeding I was kind of talking about earlier. So you, if you have tail end brown bleeding at the end of your period, you want to make sure that you test for progesterone at the appropriate times. And if your progesterone levels are awesome, then the next thing is to test for the 
abnormalities in the lining and to actually biopsy and send it for culture to see if there's any evidence of um, chronic endometritis. That's not the same as endometriosis, but endometriosis can also cause um, recurrent miscarriage. So if you have um, painful cycles, if you have premenstrual spotting, if you have painful ovulation, then you likely have endometriosis. And there are certain supplements that you can use to try and diminish that endometriosis. And you can also have surgical treatments to actually go in and remove endometriosis. But first, I would start with the supplements, of course. Um, then you can have you know, issues with, like I said before, the estrogen and the progesterone. So you need to check your levels of estrogen and progesterone after ovulation. You might have issues with you know, an inadequate ovulation. So like a partial ovulation, so you're not getting good enough hormones afterwards. So maybe pre-peak um, prior to ovulation, estrogen levels are worthwhile checking. There, you could also have issues, not just with the woman, but you could have issues with the man. So it's always worthwhile to get a semen analysis done, but you should know that typical semen analysis are done in the light of IVF. So the numbers that they give you from a semen analysis and their analysis of the semen analysis is always lower in comparison to what you actually need to have a natural pregnancy. So for instance, the morphology that they're looking for, morphology means how many heads, how many tails that does that particular sperm have? The morphology they're looking for for IVF is between four and 14%. But in order to actually conceive for Napier technology, we want someone to have like 60%. So it's a huge difference. And the same for motility, their numbers are way lower than what we would want. And the same for, you know, sperm volume and you know, the concentration of sperm within the semen analysis. So even if your husband's semen analysis comes back completely normal, I would always say there is room to superpower the sperm. And there are specific supplements that can be used. There are specific instruments, like nothing painful, but there's like a, a wedge instrument that you can, and I have links for all of these things. So if anybody's interested, you can always contact me, have a consultation and I could give you all of this information as far as what supplements we could, you know, analyze the semen analysis and tell you what he should be taking, what he should be doing, what he should be avoiding, all of those things to help superpower his sperm. But that is oftentimes something that is really disregarded. People just don't look for it. And so it's a place that you could really make a huge impact in your fertility and just by re-looking at the semen analysis. Um, Another issue is clotting disorders. So it's really important to, if possible, check for, you know, factor V Leiden, um, antithrombin antibody, anticardiolipin antibodies, all of these different tests, which will show you if you have an increased risk for um, blood clotting disorders. But unfortunately, most insurance companies won't allow you to do the tests through the insurance, unless you've had three miscarriages. And as far as I'm concerned, that's ridiculous because nobody wants to lose three children in the process of, you know, trying to figure out why they're miscarried. I, I don't think it's, yeah, yeah, it's, it's so heart wrenching. I've lost two children in my life mm. and it was the hardest thing that I've ever gone through. And I believe that, you know, I will meet them again and that they're in heaven and that they're saints and um, all of that. But it's still like really, really challenging. And I would never wish it upon anybody in my life. So the idea of telling someone, yeah, you can't have this test done until you've had three losses is just 
brutal. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's kind of the insurance model. It seems for a lot of things, right? It's like, even with thyroid stuff, which I know we'll talk about today, it's like, well, we'll run your TSH and your free T4 or whatever it is, but we're not going to run the rest of the thyroid panel unless those are off. It's like, that doesn't actually make sense in, in so many ways. I know that they're trying to cut costs and keep things, you know, in, in a certain way, but that is just horrible that women have to go through and couples have to go through that kind of loss in order to get proper treatment and, and knowledge about their bodies and what could be contributing to their miscarriage. This is, this is horrible. I'm so glad you brought up thyroid because that is another cause when people have thyroid abnormalities and their TSH is over 2.5, they have a much higher risk of miscarriage. But in addition to that, um, when people, you could have completely normal thyroid levels, but if you feel hypothyroid, you know, if you're feeling like you're always constipated, you're always freezing cold when other people aren't, you're losing hair, you know, you're having issues with weight, weight gain and you can't seem to lose weight, you could have like an underlying thyroid disorder. It's called thyroid system dysfunction. And most doctors are not checking for this because they're only checking a TSH and a free T4. And if those are within the range, and the range is so wide, it's ridiculous, um, they're not going any further. But for my patients, when I check a thyroid panel, I always check just a, a really deep thyroid panel. So I always check TSH, free T3, free T4, thyroid antibodies, and reverse T3, total T3, and I look at the ratio. And it's only when you've looked at absolutely everything, I can't tell you the number of patients that I have, that their thyroid levels were completely fine when you're just looking at the surface ones, but the underlying thyroid system dysfunction was really evident. And then when you start talking to them about what are your symptoms, they've got every single one of them. And when you start looking at their temperatures and their pulses, they tend to run really low on both of those. So those people, unfortunately, because of the stress in their life, they um, are having thyroid dysfunction. So they need to modify a couple of things. We are we are big talkers about thyroid here. I have Hashimoto's. Um, I'm in full recovery. Um, I'm actually not even on medication at this point, although I, I monitor with a full blood panel every three to four months to see if things are still normal. Um, I think I caught it really early and was very lucky to be able to intervene with gut health and stress reduction and all these natural things, but it's often not the case. And like, we need to be on medication for our thyroid. We need to do the natural things for our thyroid. And it's such a huge thing for all these symptoms, not to even mention infertility and miscarriage. Like it's like, and we could be dealing with years of this kind of subclinical hypothyroid symptoms and be told our thyroid is normal. I can't even tell you how many times I have had a client come to me and tell me, well, I have, I'm cold, my hair's falling out, I'm overweight, I'm constipated. And I'm like, well, did you go on a thyroid panel? Yeah, it was normal because it was just TSH. And it was like yeah. three. And the range for, you know, a lot of what you're saying actually speaks into th things that I've shared. Um, and I want to highlight this for the listeners is like, even with what she was saying about um, what, what I think I'm understanding what you were saying about the semen analysis, it's like, you know, traditional lab work will look at, you know, kind of a large range and also not an optimal, an optimal range necessarily. Whereas where we're looking at it, we're looking at how can we optimize, right? So to give you the best chance of pregnancy or to feel the best, right? Same thing with thyroid labs. And that's why you've been told maybe that your thyroid's normal, even though it's trending high from like a functional or optimal 
level. So I love that. I love that we talked about this. Absolutely. Yeah. That, and it, I always look at it in the sense of when you're pregnant, they don't want your TSH in that first trimester to go above 2.5. So if you're a woman and you're always kind of in that possibility of pregnancy, why would you ever want your thyroid to be above 2.5? Like it doesn't make sense oh, to that's me. That's so interesting. And then, you know what I mean? Like why, why would you be okay with having a TSH of four, <laughs> you know, just because that's, that's in the normal range, you know? So yeah. yeah. Oh my God. There are so many things like that. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So I want to talk more about thyroid and progesterone because those are two big ones, but we did talk about a ton of things. I just want to make sure we covered all the things you wanted to cover in terms of possibilities. So we talked about structural fibroids, polyps yeah. and, um, infection. Yep. And yeah, then infection. we talked about, Endo. I'm trying to think what else there could be. Um, talked about endometriosis. We talked about the imbalance of progesterone and estrogen, both too low of estrogen beforehand. That's a partial issue with ovulation and too low of progesterone afterwards. Um, I know one more that I I definitely want to touch on. So just inflammation in general, right? So if people have like autoimmune issues and tons of inflammation in their body, there are a lot of studies that are being done when it comes to the use of low-dose naltrexone. And naltrexone has been found to be super helpful even when it comes to recurrent miscarriage. So that is another thing that we use low-dose naltrexone for so many different things. Like it's got applications in Crohn's disease. It's got applications in PMS. It's got applications in um, all sorts of inflammatory disorders, endometriosis, you, you name it. So it's really um, a very benign. When people hear naltrexone, oftentimes they get a little bit freaked out because you use naltrexone in the treatment of people who have drug and alcohol addiction. But that's at a very different dose. It's at a very high dose. Um, but low dose naltrexone is. Um, really quite amazing. I'm really glad you brought that up. I, I never, um, had to, to, to take that, but I might, one of my mentors had Crohn's and she found a lot of success with low dose naltrexone and she was doing everything, you know, natural that she could, but sometimes they think there's just so much inflammation, right? We have multiple autoimmune disease. We have endo. This is so much inflammation that sometimes supplements and food and lifestyle can't, turn the body enough to, to lower this, right. this inflammation. That's a great tip. Thank you for mentioning that. Yeah. yeah, cool. Okay. So we, we covered all the reasons. So hopefully listeners have a really good sense of the fact that this can be a quite a massive task, it sounds like, but that there are, there's a lot of possibility to addressing the root causes of the miscarriage, which is, which is fantastic. Absolutely. So for each one of those things, there's specific ways of evaluating that. And through the charting, through specific lab tests at specific times, you can easily get to the root of it and really have an understanding of whether those are your particular issues. And most most of the time, people don't have every single one of those issues. But I always rejoice when I find something because it's like, oh my gosh, yay, you have five different things. That's five different areas that we can actually, you know, move a centimeter in and that's going to make a drastic change in your life and in your fertility. So the more things that we find are abnormal, it's something to rejoice over. It's only the people who don't have things that we can find, which it's really sad because it's like, okay, let's keep looking. What else can we find? There's got to be something because there's never anything called unexplained infertility. That's ridiculous. Like there's always a cause for any dysfunction. And it's just a matter of, are you steadfast enough 
and you're willing to not give up in finding that. Mm-hmm. Oh, thank you for saying that. I think a lot of women are told that there is there is no cause, or there's no there's no way forward, or they just don't they just don't have the information of where to look. So this is fantastic. Now, um, I know um, I want to talk about progesterone and, and thyroid, but I I do have a question since we did talk a lot about NAPRO and that there's fertility awareness practitioners. I know several um, as well, but is there like one database where someone might find? you know, someone to teach them how to chart and then someone like, like you, for example, to get paired up, like how, how does someone kind of go about that process? So if you're looking specifically for NAPRO, what I would do is honestly, I would just Google NAPRO technology, N-A-P-R-O technology, E-C-H-N-O-L-O-G-Y, um, and your zip code. And then the closest person who is practicing any sort of NAPRO technology will pop up for you and then you can look for them. However, there are people like me who do like international coaching. So if um, say you can't find anyone, you know, around you and you just need somebody to kind of tell you what to do so that you can have a list to take to whatever practitioner you work with, whether it be your primary care doctor or whether you're able to order labs on your own or whatever it may be. And so then you would want to work with someone like me where you can just, you know, schedule a coaching session, sit down for half an hour, you know, send all of your labs ahead of time so that the person can look over it and then have like a a plan for you to follow step by step and know exactly what you're doing. There are also, you know, especially when it comes to fertility, there are fertility courses. So I have a course called Fertility Solved. There are other NAPRO practitioners and physicians who have their own courses for egg health and other things. So there's all of that available as well. Um, As far as other kinds of fertility awareness-based methods, there is um, a group called FACTS, F-A-C-T-S, and they pride themselves on kind of being the hub where they talk about all of the different kinds of fertility awareness-based methods. They have a huge um, compilation of the different uh, studies that have been done, which prove that fertility awareness-based methods are worthwhile and, you know, legitimate. And it's, it's just a wonderful, wonderful place, wonderful resource. So you can always look up the FACTS website and then you can learn about, um, they have also a database that they're putting together of different types of practitioners and different types of providers and whatnot. So that's a kind of a good place, but there's lots of different lists here and there, like even um, the Pope Paul VI Institute in Nebraska, they list some of us. Um, the farther out we get from our training, we might not be listed on their thing. Um, but it's kind of, I always find the easiest way. Like if I'm looking for another neighbor practitioner in a particular place, I would just look for that city and then I type in neighbor technology. That's what I do. Great. That's, that's really easy. <laughs> Anyone can do that. Yeah. Um, and I know for fertility solved guys, it's, it's fertility solved.com. So definitely check out that program if you're, if you're looking for that kind of support. So thank you for mentioning that, uh, as well as a, as a resource. And we'll definitely uh, list that as well in the show notes. Um, and this is great. Okay. So we've covered all the reasons potentially that we know of, uh, for miscarriage. And we, um, we need to talk about progesterone and testosterone. Uh, sorry. I keep saying testosterone. Why, why do I think testosterone? Um, I'm thinking thyroid and I'm thinking, and I'm saying testosterone, um, a great hormone as well, testosterone, but can you explain, um, we've talked about this before on the show, but I think it's, it's really worth talking about again. 
how we create progesterone, why it's important for pregnancy. Yeah, absolutely. So progesterone is only present after ovulation. And I think this is a huge misconception that so many people have. Like, I can't tell you the number of people that I run into and they're like, oh, progesterone is so good. So my practitioner told me to take it every day. Ah, And I'm like, no, (laughs) don't do that. (laughs) um, Please don't use your progesterone cream every day. Please don't use your progesterone oils every day because you should only have progesterone present after ovulation. The way progesterone comes about is when you ovulate, what's left behind is the corpus luteum cyst. And that cyst is the producer of progesterone and the estrogen for the second half of the cycle. So if you have issues with your eggs, if you don't have very good egg quality, or if you don't have a strong enough ovulation, then you might not have adequate amounts of progesterone in the second half of the cycle. But don't be you know, scared about that because there are things you can do to actually improve egg health. There are certain supplements that you can take for a certain period of time and just ongoing. And, you know, it's amazing because people will be told, oh, your AMH is really poor. Your only option is egg donation. And it's not true because AMH levels can actually improve with the use of egg health supplements and Chinese herbal medicine and uh, acupuncture and all sorts of things. Like there are so many ways to intervene to improve the quality of your eggs. And so what I would say about progesterone and the role in pregnancy is that you can know for sure the importance of progesterone when you think about like the abortion pill, right? So if somebody takes the abortion pill, what is the function of that pill? It's simply to cut off the presence of progesterone. And that's all it does. And by cutting off the presence of progesterone, that's what ends the life of the baby. So in the same way, if a mom doesn't have adequate amounts of progesterone, then the baby can't survive. So it's always really important not only to know where your progesterone stands kind of on a monthly basis, but the minute that you conceive, you should check a progesterone and an estrogen level to make sure that those levels are adequate. And if they're not adequate, you should be speaking to somebody who is willing to like prescribe those things for you so that you can make sure that you have the right levels. But what's really challenging is the typical gynecologists believe that when you hit 10 weeks or 12 weeks, your placenta is going to kick in and then you're going to have all the progesterone that you need. But Unfortunately, in residency training, we are not taught to monitor the progesterone throughout a pregnancy. And so we're thinking this theoretically, and theoretically, if the person is 100% healthy and everything about them is perfect, they're probably right. It should work that way. But quite often, just because I monitor so many pregnancies, what we realize is sometimes it's week 18 before that progesterone starts to kick in from the placenta, sometimes it doesn't kick in at all. And so there are patients that I monitor on a week to biweekly basis, and I check their progesterone levels all the way through their pregnancy from four weeks, the minute they know they're pregnant, all the way to 37 weeks. And there are some that, you know, at some point along the way, their own progesterone kicks in and we can back off and we just continue monitoring to make sure they're okay. But there are others that I have to give not only like oral progesterone, but we have to add on other layers of like vaginal progesterone and shots. And even then we're barely hanging on. But these are the women that otherwise without the progesterone, 
they would have miscarried a long time ago, or they would be in preterm labor. And it's just such a blessing to actually have the ability to walk with those women and help them have these healthy pregnancies at the end. So mm. It's really, yeah. Wow. Thank you. Thank you for going that in depth because you're right. Most women are told that they don't have to monitor their progesterone after the placenta kicks in, um, or they don't even know like what progesterone is, um, like you said, or they, they don't know how it works. And so they're just taking it all the time and that can be not great either. Um, so, okay. So the other thing is the thyroid impacts how much progesterone we make, right? So we talked about the thyroid range and like not just running TSH, but running a full panel, but talk to us about how thyroid impacts infertility and miscarriage. Um, and I guess it's relationship to progesterone because that's a pretty important one as well. Absolutely. So thyroid is, you would consider the thyroid as the motherboard of the body, right? Thyroid has roles in, you know, thermoregulation. It's what makes sure that you have the right temperatures going on in your body, metabolism, um, all of these different proteins that need to be produced. It's just, it's got so many, like, oh my gosh, hands in so many different pathways. And if you don't have a thyroid that is functioning well, it absolutely affects everything. So when it comes to progesterone, yeah, absolutely. If your thyroid is not functioning well, then you're not going to have the proper egg quality that you need in order to get the proper hormones that you need from your eggs. So it all um, falls into that like metabolism within those eggs and the ability of your eggs to function properly. Mm, So good. Thank you for explaining that. And like you said, the thing is we can think of this really stressfully, or we can think, oh my goodness, there's all these resources out here that can tell me whether or not I have a thyroid issue, whether or not I'm creating enough eggs, how can I improve my ovulation? There's all these really interesting ways to look at this if you learn how to track your cycle using something as advanced as Crichton and working with a NAPRO technology consultant. So there's, there is a path here. (laughs) There is. And it's, I think the coolest thing is you don't have to wait until you're like a year into trying in order to figure out that there's something going on, right? If you're charting your cycles and if you actually understand what normal is versus what abnormal is, then you can very quickly, very easily pick up on those abnormalities. Because what happens is most people either don't talk about it with anybody. So nobody knows what's going on in their cycle, or they talk about it with their friends and their friends just happen to all be in the same boat. So everyone's like, oh yeah, we all have brown bleeding at the end of our periods. That's totally normal. Or my doctor said it was normal. And yeah, my doctor said that cycle lengths from, you know, like 24 days, that's totally normal. As long as it's always 24 days. No, that means you've always been abnormal and it's, it's not, it doesn't make it normal. (laughs) So it's, it's crazy. Like what, I hear from people, they're like, oh yeah, you know, I have regular cycles. I've always had completely normal cycles. So what I always do when I'm talking to my patients is I'll say, okay, you have 28 day cycles. And they're like, yeah, I always have 28 day cycles. I'm like, okay, give me, let's go back six months and give me the first day of every single one of your periods. And then we sit there and we count it out. And nine times out of 10, this person has a cycle which ranges from 24 to 32 day cycles. And they have never realized it because they're still only getting their cycle and what they seem to think is like once a month, kind of around a similar time. And so they're assuming that they have 28 day cycles. 
But in actuality, when they realize that, I'm like, okay, so now shall we like look a little deeper? Let's check and see, do you have polycystic ovarian syndrome? Do you have thyroid dysfunction? Do you have issues with your prolactin levels? You know, what exactly is going on here that's making you have this abnormality in your cycle lengths? And then it's like, oh, wow, I always thought I was completely normal. But if that same person was just let be, they might conceive a pregnancy. They might be really lucky and make it to the end of the pregnancy without any hitches. Or they might be one of those people that makes it to the pregnancy and miscarries or has a preterm delivery or has a you know late loss. It's so like I always think it's just so much more worthwhile to actually look at these things earlier. In addition, like people who aren't looking at infertility, right? You still want to make sure your hormones are well because it impacts your mood. It impacts how you feel. PMS is rooted in a lack of progesterone or too much estrogen. And so if you want to not blow up at your husband or at your boyfriend or at the people that you care about every month. And if you want to have a smooth time at work, and if you want to have really awesome relationships, you don't want to have headaches. You don't want to have breast tenderness. You don't want to feel like you need to run away from people or get super emotional or moody. You know, this is what you need to do. You need to look for these things. So important. And that's really who I help. I'm not, I never talk about being a fertility expert. I know, I know a lot about it, not nearly as much as I think, you know, would be needed to say I'm a fertility expert. Right. And so for me, because I dealt with like, the hypothyroid. So I had the progesterone, low, like low progesterone. I had high estrogen. I had like everything under the, under the sun and how much it impacted my ability to show up at work and be a good partner and a f- good friend. And so that's really who I help because I think that there's also like, you know, we are told that like, it's all about fertility, right? Like, well, why would you look into this if you're not trying to get pregnant? But it's like, no, like this impacts everything. Like, and talk about a way that contraception also, like, even if you weren't trying to get pregnant, but contraception and blocking your natural hormone cycle. So you're not getting estrogen and progesterone, which are helping you with your mood and your cardiovascular system and your bone structure. Like imagine having 20 years of not getting those natural hormones. I think that that's really important to talk about. So I'm, I'm glad you, I mentioned that because I was going to ask like, you know, can someone use this um, if they are just trying to improve their, their hormones overall? So thank you for mentioning that part of the population who's probably also listening to this episode. Yeah, absolutely. It's the importance of understanding your hormones and your cycles and, you know, not assuming that pain is okay. You know, like so many people are like, oh yeah, I have cramps with my periods, but I'm not debilitated because I still do what I need to do. But like they're chomping down on like, you know, 600 milligrams of Advil every eight hours in order to get through the day, like that's not okay. Not at all. You know, there's something, yeah, there's something wrong there. And you need to look a little deeper and see what you can do naturally to try and relieve that or find, you know, what is it? Is it inflammation? Is it endometriosis? What's going on? Yes, absolutely. I I agree completely. This is, I love talking about this and uh, giving women the tools, right, to to take that next step and to feel empowered. So, um, so we t- so we, I think we really talked about kind of the full scope here. I mean, it sounds like really if someone was struggling with with pregnancy or even if they 
were knowing that they want to get pregnant or just optimize their hormones, that the very first place to begin would be to get um, train get trained on how to track their cycle, preferably using something more in depth like Crichton, um, and that they they can also work with someone like you on Napro um, Napro fertility um, if they are going that way as well to get to get pregnant. Yeah, you know, honestly, I in my coaching, I coach people in the full spectrum of GYN. So I coach people who have heavy bleeding. I coach people who have PMS symptoms. I coach people who have recurrent miscarriage and infertility. So really like any GYN issue that you're experiencing, recurrent ovarian cysts, all really bad acne, all of those things have typically a hormonal root in them. And there's something going on within your body that somebody else hasn't just taken the time to really look and find what it is. So anybody who's experiencing any of those issues, I am so happy to coach them. And um, you can always go through the naturalwomenshealth.com. So that's my office website. And then I have access to, you know, coaching appointments through there. At least it speaks about different just GYN coaching versus the Fertility Solve program versus the mini course for men to superpower their sperm. All of those things are available kind of on links through that naturalwomenshealth.com website. Perfect. That's great. We'll we'll link that into the show notes as well. And then where else can people find you? Are you on uh, social media? Yeah, absolutely. Oh my gosh, I'm all over social media. I am, uh, yeah, I have an Instagram account. I think it's Natural Dr. Monique or Natural Dr. Rubero, something like that. I have a YouTube um, channel, uh, Dr. Monique Rubero. I am on Facebook, I'm on TikTok, I am um, on Twitter. Um, and I'm on LinkedIn. So yeah, you can kind of just search for Monique Rivera. You'll find me all over the place. Awesome. We will definitely do that. I am so glad that you came on the She Talks Health podcast today. This has been truly, truly Oh, awesome. I forgot the last oh, one. Yeah, um, the most recent uh, social media is the- Clubhouse? What is the- I'm sorry, say Clubhouse? Again? Yes. yes thank I'm you. on there too. Clubhouse. <laughs> Yes, I love Clubhouse and I've got um, a club on Clubhouse. So the club is called Natural Women's Health. Oh, great. And so I will um, get on there, you know, at least once a week and just kind of throw out something and random people come in. It's I love Clubhouse because it's a way of connecting with people literally all over the world. I mean, I've had, you know, so many new encounters with people from like, all over England and, you know, Ireland and Monaco. And it's really great. I know. I love Clubhouse. Uh, Tuesdays are my Clubhouse day. And I do um, a gut uh, brain um, conversation. Um, and I also do, um, we, there's a book club for period repair manual by Dr. Laura Brighton. I don't know if you've read that book, but I love that book. Oh, nice. Um, yeah. And so I lead on that with a couple other moderators. And then I have another one for, for hormone health in the Align Cycle Club. So I'm definitely going to find you on Clubhouse so I can jo- join your National yes, Women's Health Club. That's awesome. Yeah, guys, if you're not on Clubhouse, get on there. <laughs> 
Yes, Clubhouse is great. I have a couple of invites if anybody needs. Same, so, actually. Yeah. yeah, I have a bunch of invites, and it's great um, for anyone who's like, "What the heck is Clubhouse?" It's basically like a podcast in a way, but like meets like a conference, so you get to talk to to someone like Dr. Monique and and me maybe, and like and and like a fertility tracking person, um, like all in one, and we get to kind of like bounce ideas around and, and talk about amazing topics um, like infertility, and it, it's really fun. So you get like tons of free information and access to people you might not have access to otherwise. So yeah, it, that, that I think is the coolest thing. Like your ability to just put up your hand and say, Hey, I want to jump on stage and I want to ask you a question or I want to say something. Yeah. yeah that's really oh, awesome. Well, this has just been wonderful. Is there anything else that you want to add or, or leave the listeners with? I think the most important thing is no matter what anybody has ever told you about your GYN health or about your fertility, if they're saying something negative, like you're too old enough or you're um, not capable of, or your, your body just won't allow it, or your risks are too high, you need to seek seek more people, seek more opinions, seek more treatments, and don't ever let anybody limit you, limit your potential, limit your ability to accomplish your dreams. If you have a dream that has been placed in your heart to increase the size of your family, to be the healthiest person that you can possibly be, to have amazing relationships, nobody should ever have the say-so over your belief that's in your heart. Mm. That's fiery. I love it. Dr. Monique Rubero, everyone, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Thanks for having me. Happy to come back anytime. Yeah, we have a lot of other topics we could talk about. All right, listeners, this is Sophie Shepard. We're signing off. We'll see you in a couple weeks and talk about more hormone fun things to talk about. And uh, I'll talk to you then. Bye. I hope this episode got you one step closer to achieving your optimal health. If you liked this episode, please spend a few seconds to rate it so more women can find this resource. Be sure to tune in for more women's health support next week on the She Talks Health podcast. And in the meantime, you can find me on Instagram or Facebook at She Talks Health. I have an open door DM policy. No question is stupid and I'm always here for you.